Thanks for jumping on, mate. How's your March, mate? Yeah, not bad. Work today and then come home, do some editing. Pretty chilled day, actually. What's a typical day look like for you? Mate, so I usually wake up early and go to the gym, but I slept in this morning, Um, (laughs) Monday morning, so I'll get away with it. So, yeah, usually go to the gym around 5 a.m., get that done, come home, do a bit of reading and that, and then head off to work. So I do air conditioning, um, which is my family business. So I work there during the day, come home, and then it's just all podcast and uh, clothing brand stuff. So, yeah, just always keeping myself busy. Yeah, 100 and, excuse me, how many days a week do you normally try and train? Um, try five or six. Yeah. Some some weeks I'm training every day. Just depends on the week. Yeah, 100%. And what time do you um, kick off work? Um, so I usually leave home around 7, 7.30. And then whenever we finish work, I finish some days 2 o'clock, some days 5. Just depends. Yeah, for sure. And what, um, like you said, you do a bit of reading. Do you have anything else that's kind of like a bit of a morning routine or you don't really get too much into it? Um. No, so it's usually just gym. I used to go for morning walks, but um, I traded that in for the gym because once I finish work, I'm usually can't be fucked to go for a walk, to be honest. But yeah, got, um, I guess you got to know what suits your life. That's a thing. yeah. Getting home from work and then you're not getting the gym done, and you're better off nah. in the mornings. Yeah, exactly. And family air conditioning business. How many of years work there? So at the moment, it's just me, my brother, my dad, and then my mum's in the office, and then we have another lady that comes and works in the office as well. Proper family. Yeah, sure is. How do you go working? Uh, how do you go working with the family? <laughs> Some days really good. Some days, as you could imagine, could be really bad. <laughs> we because yeah. we always we all live in the same house as well, so. We always see each other 24 hours a day. It's yeah. Some days it can be pretty hectic. I reckon it would be. Yeah. Um, before we jump into kind of what you get into after work, let's just jump back. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your upbringing, what you're like at school? Yeah, mate. So, yes, I had your typical average upbringing. You know, no bad story, just normal upbringing. Um, happy kid, always outside playing. Um, school was pretty good for me. I went for a period there, you know, a bit of a rebel, uh, wagging school and that. Um, but then the parents quickly gave me a kick up the ass and made me move schools to a private school. So, yeah, that was a bit of fun. And whereabouts were you brought up? So, um, Plumpton. I was brought up in Plumpton, which is Western Sydney. And then when I finished school, I moved into the Blue Mountains. What was the main reason between the family move to the Blue Mountains? Um, Dad just wanted a change in scenery, change of life. And, yeah, he's like, you know what, I want to move to the Blue Mountains, fresh air, get away from all the, you know, the rat race and all the havoc. So we moved up here and we haven't looked back. We loved it. They just uh, recently brought a property just past Lithgow. How how old were you when you made the move? So I just finished year 12, so I was... 17? So, yeah, 17. How that was, was 20. Then at 17, trying to make new friends and all of that kind of stuff. Because um, I finished school, I didn't really have – I didn't really make new friends up here. 
it was easier for my brother because he got to go up school up here. So he made friends easy for me. Yeah, it was kind of hard. I just kind of stuck to my friends that I had down there, which then I couldn't really see much because, you know, I didn't want to travel, didn't want to pay for petrol. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I kind of – because – so I grew up being an introvert. So I was a very shy kid, kept to myself and just focused on myself really. So I had friends, but I didn't really have a ton of friends, especially when I moved school. So from like primary, high school to year 10 when I left school, I had heaps of friends. Then I went to private school where boys were all from, so it was all boys school from, they were all from all different areas. So it wasn't as a close connection as when I was at um, uh, my first high school. So we're all from the local area. We all got to hang out after school and shit. So it was, it was a different vibe and all the boys were there for like footy and that. I got along with them, but yeah, it was it, it was different. Yeah, for sure. And now six years later, do you feel like you fit in? You've got a good group of mates. Yeah, only recently, like, like I've met them through footy, but yeah, because I've taken this step out of my comfort zone, and you know, I've grown so much over I would say this last twelve months. I've grown so much as a person, and. I've, you know, networked more. I've was so much out of my comfort zone that now I've, I've got this core group of friends, which is awesome. We're all on the same page and we're all striving for bigger um, goals. So, yeah, it's great. And did you do your HSC? Yeah, but I didn't get an ATAR. What was your next step after finishing high school? So, what did I do? I went to TAFE and there was this course called FC11 and it was associated with the Penrith Panthers. It was like um, you get to train and it was like a footy course or something. So to put it in context, it went to shit. They went bankrupt. The whole course was rubbish. Um, you paid you paid like 30K for this course, right? And you could have just gone to an ordinary TAFE and did it for a few K. So got ripped off there. But... It was a good experience. I made good mates from it. I actually met my partner in that course. We're still together to this day, so I guess you could say it's worth it. She was an expensive buyer, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she moved out to Lithgow as well? Um, no, so she's Sorry, down in Penrith. Yeah, yeah, she's down in Penrith, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then finished that course, I think I had a year off just working, doing uh, worked at like Audi and stuff like that. And then I got into uni. I was doing sport and exercise science. I did that for a year and a half. And then I was like, I really don't like this. Um, uni was not for me. The assessments doing referencing and shit like that. I was like, no, I can't do this. And then like talking to teachers and they're, they're teaching, but they're still like seven years into doing their study and they're not getting paid much. They're still doing, um, you know, uh, free work and it's like is it really worth it this this industry is oversaturated and I went to Gary V came to Australia and he came he did a event in Sydney and I went to it and I was like wow okay this really changed my mindset I'm like why can't I head in this kind of direction why can't I do these kind of things so I guess that was the pivoting moment for me and the next week I went to uni and um, dropped out yeah, right. Yeah. I actually, I went to that same event. What um, What was your biggest takeaways from that? Man, just 
the freedom. Like you get to choose your own path. You get to do, I guess, whatever you want. You can build your own empire and that, that just really appealed to me. Like, and, and you can impact so many more people along the way as well. So the, the freedom really and, yeah, do whatever I want. Yeah, hundred. And what was the what was your parents' reaction to dropping out of a uni after eighteen months? <laughs> um, Dad was fine because he's like, "Yes, yeah, wait, you work in the family business." Mum's like, "What are you doing? You keep chopping and changing what you want to do." You kept saying you wanted to get into uni. You got into uni, and now you left uni. Like, what the hell? But now they're they're fine with it. Yeah. Because I'm just kind of imagining my parents like they're kind of from the old generation, you know, get a good job, stick it out. Or, you know, if you go to uni, like you always stick it out. Like not that they definitely wouldn't encourage me, but they would see that you've done 18 months. They'd kind of have the impression like just finish it off. Yeah. Yeah. Times are changing though. 100%, yeah. And like I get that and I think a lot of the younger generation get that. But, um, yeah. So um, what's the, from that event to now, like um, I guess what, what was your vision that you kind of put in place that you were prepared to give up, you know, that uni? Um, there wasn't really a vision. I just, you know, I just said, fuck it, I'm going to do it and figure it out along the way. Um, I, I knew if I wanted to head in that direction, I had to step way out of my comfort zone, especially being an introvert. Like I could barely talk to people, like my anxiety and shit like that. But I just started off vlogging. So picked up the camera, did a few vlogs, and then because I had listened to podcasts and that, I was like, all right, I'm going to head in this direction. Started a podcast and yeah, I haven't really looked back every every episode, every vlog, you know, I'm just getting more confident and confident and the amount of growth I've seen in that short time period, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, what month, when, when was that event? <sighs> July, August last year maybe? Yeah, so 12 months. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I started my podcast straight off the back of that. When he like he said, he's like, if you haven't got a podcast, start one now because that is the next. That's it's the, the way of the future. Yeah, yeah. They're popping up every. Everyone has one now. He also said, get on TikTok, but I tried that for like <laughs> trying to Same. get my head around it and watch like the what he said like watch twenty hours of content, and I just had enough after about four no. or five. Yeah, I tried TikTok. My mate does TikTok, and he's like. He's gone so good on that. And he just started his own clothing brand and it's fucking boomed. But yeah. yeah, a lot of it's from TikTok as well. I was like, wow, okay. I should probably get onto this. Yeah, yeah. And how um what were some things you put in place? Like for me, like getting the thing to like flip your phone around and speak into your phone. Like that didn't come natural. That took me months of like Someone would message me and say, would just stop walking around your house while you're doing it and just like little things that you could super tell that I was nervous. Mate, one 30-second clip would take me like 20 goes to get. I'd record it and I'm like, no, nah, I don't like that and just keep going until I kind of half liked it. It just, it was annoying sometimes because you just wanted to do a short clip and you're like, no, nah, 
I need to keep doing this. And now if you were to flick your phone around, would you just do one take and be done with it? Like no matter what? Most times, yeah. Sometimes I'll do a second clip, but yeah, most times I don't care anymore. I'm like, yeah, fuck it. It is what it is. That's crazy how it can change so quickly, isn't it? And um, like once your decision to, um, I guess, start a podcast and then you got the vlog going, let's go vlog first. What are you sort of... What was your idea to base that around, like obviously following you around? Yeah, just general life. So I think my first vlog was a footy one. So I played in like a nines tournament and the grand final was at Bankwest Stadium or something. So I just vlogged that. It actually got over 100 views or something. So for my first vlog, I was like, yeah, sweet, that's awesome. And then, yeah, just kept vlogging when I went out to – certain locations like sculptures by the sea or something like that. I just vlogged my days for a while there. I stopped vlogging, but yeah, recently I've picked it up again. Yeah. I did two over COVID and I've never picked it back up again, but I need to do it. Yeah. And when you decided to get on the microphone, obviously would have dropped kind of a list of guests that you wanted. Who were some of the, you know, your main guests that you really wanted to target? Like who's been some of your favorites over your 30 something episodes deep, aren't you? Yeah, so tomorrow will be episode 35. Yeah. Um, God. Top one would probably be Isaac John. Yeah. Have you heard of him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Wearing a set of YKTR pants as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know what episode that was. That was pretty early on. And that just, that happens. Do you remember when he did those mystery boxes? Yeah. So I bought one of those and because he stuffed them up, Instead of getting more clothes, I'm like, hey, you know what? Um, jump on my podcast instead. And it's like, yeah, sweet. So got him on. That was a unreal experience. You, if you listen to it, you could see how bloody nervous I was. But I think that episode kind of changed my way of podcasting. Like I gained so much confidence from that. It was unbelievable. And I've just gone leaps and bounds from that, that episode. And are you a big follower of Ice? Yeah, I'm actually going to do his online course. That looks pretty awesome too. Yeah. And what what message do you like that he sends? Basically just fucking getting shit done. Like he's basically like the Kiwi Gary V. It's that, that's what I love about him. Like he just hustles and whatever he puts his mind to, like he, he gets it done and I just love the co- all the content that he puts out and he's, he works hard. And so that's what I want to kind of, that, that's the direction I want to head in. Yeah, for sure. And off the back of the vlogs and the podcast, you've obviously started a clothing brand. Yeah. So that kind of come to? My brother came up with the idea like two months ago <laughs> and I was like, you know what, stuff, let's, Let's figure it out along the way. Let's get it going. Um, it's basically just a brand that documents our journey and shows what's possible when you step out of your comfort zone. So, yeah, that's our slogan, showing what's possible. Um, we don't know what direction we're going to head. At the moment, it's just basic clothing, um, people that support the podcast, the vlogs, and you know, support me going to buy clothes. It's it's a huge learning curve. So we just dropped our hoodies at the end of winter. So not really the smartest idea, but we got it done. 
we know for next time that we have to plan way ahead. So we've already started planning for summer. Yeah, it, it was a really good experience. Um, working with my brother is different too. So we have a good relationship sometimes, <laughs> brotherly love. But I think this business venture has kind of brought us closer, like communication and that. So, so far, so good. And I've, I've enjoyed every bit of it so far. Yeah, and you just had your first drop. Was it last week? Was that did that blow your expectations, or was? Yeah, like I was happy if even got one. I woulda. I think we ended up selling thirty three items or something. So not bad considering. Yeah, winter's over, so I'm happy with that. I'm happy that people actually support us and what we do. So it's awesome. I can see the pins in the background of all the uh, yeah hoodies and shirts. That must be the yeah. Yeah, mate, we got, um, we're getting samples made at the moment for all summer stuff, so that should be here in the next two weeks or something. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. It's, it's um, like I follow a lot of ISA stuff too, and it's like crazy how far in advance that kind of stuff you have to plan ahead. Yeah. I wing it a little bit. Like I only just get these jumpers and stuff made for the gym, but it's like I'm already kind of sending emails to think summer's just around the corner. Like it's... Mm. It gets away. I can't imagine doing it on a bigger, a bigger um, scale. Tell us about your marathon that you did the other day. <laughs> so my mate um, Corey Philpot, he's he's a crazy motherfucker. So he's going to be training to um, beat the world record of the world's strongest marathon, which is a marathon towing one point four tons which is currently held by Justin True, who I've had on my podcast, I think 17 hours or something. So my mate's trying to break that. He runs all crazy distances. And he's three days before we did it, he's like, you know what? Do you want to come do a marathon? I'm like, all right, yeah, sweet, whatever. So rewind there for a second. What yeah. do you do? You tow 1.4 ton. Yeah, for 42 kilometers. In what, in what, um, what scale, like, is it? Just dead weight? It's car. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what kind of car he's going to tow, but, yeah, it's going to weigh about 1.4 tons. Fair dinkum. Yeah, he does a lot of crazy stuff. Anyways, keep going. Tell us about how you went. Yeah, so the most I've ran is even is 10Ks. And, yeah, three days before he goes, come to a marathon. I'm like, yeah, sweet. So I rocked up. It's it was a one point four kilometer loop, so I think that totaled to thirty laps or something. And the first lap was sweet. I was like, "Yeah, all right, cool. This is going to be all right." And then it just went downhill from there. The first twenty k's was not bad, but after that, holy shit, my legs were gone. By the end of it, oh, I couldn't even feel my legs. And the next morning was even worse. I felt like I had chronic arthritis in both knees. It was. Yeah, it was the toughest experience and the greatest experience. You did it at night too, yeah? Yeah, we started at 9.30 and I think we finished at like 3 a.m. or 3.30 a.m. What, what's the reasoning behind that? <laughs> Mental toughness, my mate said. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, doing it at night, seeing, seeing the start of a party because it was like there were streets, so they had there was a party going on. So we got to see the start of the party and then everyone leave the party. <laughs> <laughs> How good. And the 1.4K loop, did you, um, 
was going to say. Did you, like, how did you refuel and stuff during? Yeah, so we had, like, a little station. We set up a table with, um, like, supplements and, like, snacks and chips and that. So, yeah, we stopped, I think I stopped twice, one at the 20-kilometer and then a bit after that. Yeah, sweet. Nail it and scale it. You did yeah. that, yeah? Tell us about that. What do you, what's, uh, what's your biggest takeaways from Co and Ray? Man, so I actually, I came across him at that Gary V event last year. I didn't even know anything about that guy. And then I went to, what's that other event he has? Um, Fast Growth Summit. Yeah, that one. I went to that at the beginning of this year. I was like, he's oh, right. done a lot of the same stuff. I haven't done Nail it and Scale it yet, but I've been Fast yeah. Summit. Oh, did you go to the one this year? Yeah, I went to the one in Canberra. Okay, yeah. So I went there. And I was like, in the back of my mind, I knew I was going to sign up for Nail and Scale. I was like, yeah, sweet. Signed up. I was going to do it in person, but obviously Corona, stuff that. So I went online. Um, and yeah. did you get the option there like to go to hold out and do it in person or to go online? Yes, yeah, so I, I can still do it in person. Yeah. So... All the free, all the online events, I go for free. Yeah, into and I postpone the in-person one to like next year because yeah, Corona and that it's not worth it. Um, but yeah, I I didn't even get to do the whole event because I had work. I did like the first, I think the first and maybe the last day. But the most I learned from it was the Facebook advertising of that. I never knew anything really about that and that was really interesting so it was good to learn that and kind of implement that in um, the family business which kind of did pretty well so yeah it was a good learning experience and I it's hard for me because I'm a like in-person learner so it'll be much more better when I go to the physical event yeah for sure I get that it's hard to keep concentrate looking in front of a computer screen to someone just speaking isn't it and you got so many distractions around you as well. Yeah. And off the back of that, Facebook advertising, had you done any of that in the business before? Um, little bits, but, you know, just the basic, you put a post and you boost it. <laughs> yeah. No, no in-depth Facebook ads and that. So, and yeah, it was yeah, a really good done time. a few, like, lead generation stuff. Yeah, yeah so we do all that. Um, I think it worked pretty well. Like it's hard because you've got to keep testing what works and what doesn't work. So it's it's never ending. You've got to – people like different stuff at different times. So, yeah, it's always evolving. And is that the goal with the clothing? To uh, Facebook ads and that? Yeah. Have you, you done any advertising? No, nah, no. Nah. So at the moment it's just people who know us and support us. Organic. I mean that's yeah. the best way to start and build from there. Yeah, exactly. Let's um give, give it a little plug, your clothing brand. You didn't even name the name of it. Oh, yeah, Better Life. That's the very Yeah, I've got you myself. Want to head over and pick yourself a hoodie and that. <laughs> Go to the website. Yeah, I jumped on and got a hoodie, actually. I'm pretty keen for show up. For me now, though, it's not about like you can go down to the, you know, shop and buy any clothes you want. Like there's no... I guess they're all the same really, aren't they? But it's, for me, it's about supporting people that do things that you like. That's what, that's where I pretty much buy all my clothes now. Like I just get around in, 
if it was up to me, I'd just get around in my own stuff, just deeper. Yeah. But anything I do buy, then it's just someone that I know is, you know, doing good things. So what's um, what's the vision? I guess like what's what's going to happen in the next twelve months, eighteen months? Um, well, before I touch on, I had a mate talk to me on the weekend, and he goes because he bought some merch off me and he goes, I had no hesitation in the world putting in that order. He bought like three or four hoodies. I was like, wow, okay. He's like, usually I'm like, do I really need this hoodie? Do I really need that? And he's like, this time I had no hesitation. And I'm like, holy shit, like that's a mad feeling knowing that someone doesn't care. They just want to support you. Yeah. So, yeah, it's crazy. But the next 12, 18 months, um, it's kind of crazy where – it's all going to head off. So we're just taking it day by day and just planning. So we're just planning for the summer drop. Now that we've done hoodies and that, we kind of want to have a good winter next year and plan a lot more because I think winter's a really good opportunity because everyone loves hoodies and winter stuff. Yeah, so, I kind of um, – I kind of with – the LTF stuff, the hoodies seem to roll like mm. better and they're easier to design and come up with a logo and stuff with the yeah. t-shirt. There's a lot more variables and stuff that you'd have to test, I'd imagine. Yeah. And with the family business, what's the what's the go with that? Are you doing like an apprenticeship or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, apprenticeship. So this is my first year. I left it a bit late. But yeah, so yeah, both in our first years. So air conditioning is not exactly my passion. It pays the bills. It pays for me to have all these microphones and cool shit. Um, at the end of the day, like I'm working in it to get my apprenticeship and I want to build it to a level where I don't have to do the physical labor. I can focus on building the business and all of my other businesses instead of going out to job site every day. So that's the goal. Hopefully in the next three or four years is to, be behind the scenes, not face to face every day. Hundred percent. You got to do the hard yards, and you got to know the ins and outs of it before you can do that. You know. Yeah, exactly. Like anything, you can't take three steps forward. You've got to take one small step each time, don't you? Mm. Let's um, let's wrap it up. I might just ask you these five questions, mate, before we get into it. Let's uh, tell us something about you that no one would know. I'm a sucker for romantic movies. Yeah, right. What's the what's the all time favorite? Oh, you know, you can't go past the notebook. Notebook, there you go. Misses <laughs> that love that. She's not even that big into romantic movies, so it's kind of awkward that I'm more into it than her. <laughs> <laughs> Question two, best piece of advice you've ever been given? Don't focus on money. Focus on, you know, being the best version of yourself and making an impact in this world and you'll be surprised on money will just come to you without you even having to worry about it. It's crazy what you can achieve when you just focus on yourself and impacting others. Yeah, love it. Is there anything that's happened to you that you thought would be the worst thing in your life but's turned out to be a blessing? Well, as I said, growing up being an introvert, Everything that had to do with talking to someone felt like it was going to be the worst thing in the world. <laughs> but more times it turned out to be a blessing. You know, it got me out of that comfort zone and I kept growing as a person, especially more recently. How good. Where do you want to be in five years? We kind of did touch on that. 
Where's yes. The, yes. The clothing, where's the clothing going to be in five years? God, clothing. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully pretty big, successful. You know, we've got a lot of people supporting us. That'd be the ultimate goal. That's just, just the support from everyone, especially for the podcast. So the more I grow the podcast, hopefully the more people support that and then head over to the clothing side of it too. So that's the ultimate goal. We'll just keep building both of those companies as well as the family business. Um, just basically just as long as I'm the best version of myself at that time, you know, way ahead of where I am and working towards achieving my goals, I'm happy. Yeah, love it. Do you have a favourite quote? Probably be a Gary V one. You're going to die. Have you seen that video? Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Like it makes you realise like you are going to die one day, so you've got to make the most of your life. Life's too short. Yeah, perfect. And uh, where can people find your podcast, etc.? Um, so it's on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. It's just the Batar Project. Um, it has the Instagram and Facebook pages as well. And then I just got my personal Facebook, which is just Nick Batar. Um, then we have Better Life, which is Facebook, Instagram. I think there's a YouTube channel. I think my brother created YouTube. So, yeah, Better Life, Better Project, and then myself. What uh, exciting podcast guests you got coming up? Um, I had Sandor Earl the other day. He was pretty cool. Um, I haven't really have any more booked in. I did them all last week. So I had Celeste Dixon, who was a Ninja Warrior. She was pretty cool to talk to. I've done a whole range of strongmen. They're awesome blokes. Um, Rongo Keane, he was cool. Jordan Biggie. I'm just, yeah, branching out, getting a whole range of people. And um, how's the feedback been for the people that you've reached out? Have you had many people brush you? It's part of it. Some people brush you. It, the people that brush you are usually like the real high up people who have heaps of followers so they don't really look through their messages. But, you know, most people get back to you so it's pretty good. I've been amazed like how many people have gone back to me. Yeah, like I've been only brushed a couple of times which you'd expect it to be a hell of a lot more, especially for some of the people that I've asked. Yeah, it's crazy what can happen when we just ask them. They, yeah. They – they love to come on and tell their story. It's cool. And um, what are you currently reading at the moment? Um, Tony Robbins' Unleashed the Beast or something. I forget the name of it. But, yeah, Tony Robbins. And then I just picked up um, Jay Shetty's new book, uh, yeah. The Monk. Yeah. I think that looks like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to read that one. And what's, your, what's one book that you look back on now and it's had a big impact? Atomic Habits. Have you read that one? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a great book, like very practical and, yeah, I love that one too. And also David Goggins, You Can't Hurt Me. I love that book. That was I love that guy too. He's yeah, awesome. I got a mural painted in the gym of Goggins actually. It was really – it's like after listening to his book and then I got a fair few clients to listen to it. I haven't heard anyone say that. I think it's better in the audio version than the written version because they kind of do it a little bit like a podcast. Did you read yeah, it? Yeah, I heard it's like a chat, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Mm. Legend. Thanks for jumping on. Well, good, man, anytime. Thank you for having me. Um, thank you for buying merch too. I can't wait for you to get it. Nah, all good, mate. Appreciate it. I like what you're doing. Cheers, mate.